Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. For those eagerly anticipating this episode, apologies for its one-week delay. We had some scheduling challenges, but I'm glad to welcome back Aaron Antone to discuss Psalm 80 with me. In this conversation, we talk about the rich metaphorical language of this psalm, the way its refrains are working and helping us enter prayer. And Aaron gives us three ways, actually, at the end of our episode on how this psalm helps us to pray. So I really enjoyed this. I know you will too. To get us started, here's Aaron reading Psalm 80. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth between Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears, you have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, It is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man who you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Aaron, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me back. It is good to be together. Talk the Psalms. <laughs> Always. We're, we're staying off air. It had been too long. Yep, too long. Since you have warmed that seat. Mm. So, now it's nice and toasty. Now it's toasty. <laughs> Beautiful reading of the Psalm. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Psalm 80, familiar? I would say not familiar in its entirety, but yeah. one who's that has some familiar phrases and themes. That was my experience too. I'm like, oh, this is Psalm 80. And I'm like, <laughs> and this is also in Psalm 80. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive right into the first question that lets us maybe unpack some of these experiences. What stood out to you in reading this psalm this time? Yeah, a few things. So one thing that I had not been on my biblical radar, if there is such a thing. Yeah. Verse five. Hardcore. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. That's some serious lament. Yeah. So that stood out to me too. That really stood out to me as well. I, I, there's lots, the metaphors are heavy. Yeah. 
in Psalm 80. And, yeah. But this one I thought was interesting because, yeah, it, it captures so much. You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. I thought, wow, the first half of that is remarkably rich. Yeah. You have fed them with the bread of tears. Right. Then you have made them drink tears. <laughs> there was a little bit of like, like you kind of expect in this metaphor laden, like we're going to reach for something different. Like right. you have made them drink you right. know, the bitter dregs of sorrow or something. Yeah. But instead, instead, we're using tears twice. Yeah. We're, we're doubling do- down on tears. We're doubling down on tears, which for how poetic this psalm is, there is also something true to just the lament, like the intensity of it, right? Like, yeah, I don't have another word for this. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going right. to be, like, it's tears twice over. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so that one, that also really captured You're gonna me. You're going to eat? Tears, and then you think, okay, the drink is going to go because I was in my mind even before I got there, there was some sort of body and blood imagery. Oh yeah, New Testament yeah, stuff. Yeah, interesting. Of, so what's the water going to be? Also tears. Also tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty intense. It is. What? Wait, sorry, I, I interrupted your flow there, but you had you had some other things. Yeah. So that stood out to me. I noticed kind of the refrain that's happening. So the verse three, restore us, O God, make your face shine yep. on us, that we may be saved. We don't see that super often. Maybe. So I liked I liked seeing this the how long sort of sections of the psalm in, in like interspersed with the restore us refrain, which is the same word for word, which I maybe as a, I like as a musician I like that too. Yeah. That little bit of repetition. And you definitely have I mean, yeah, it's not I wouldn't say it's common, but here like looking at the title, which we usually don't read, but it's for the director of music to the tune of the lilies of the covenant whatever that is of Asaph. You don't know Lilies of the Covenant? Yeah, that's right. I, I'm not familiar with that with that tune. But like Asaph Psalms is like of the, like a priestly group of people is my understanding. Okay. So you definitely like the repeated refrain in congregational music is often like is so key, right? Like right. easy ways for people to access the music or right. to have a group. Maybe there's a cantor, right? Chanting mm-hmm. parts of it. And then, okay, everyone breaks in together with these repeated, repeated moments. So... It's not shocking to see it kind of in this context, or at least maybe that's where the title reminds us of something about the psalm. I like the idea of call and response. I mean, as a musical form goes goes way back, but to think it right. goes back this far is really kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm we're making I'm making some leaps to think that's what's going on. Let's just like, leap. Let's leap. Practice. Let's, let's leap. Bold. We're here to leap. <laughs> no one thinks we're scholars. <laughs> But I mean that that's an ancient, really ancient form of yeah. of singing communally. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. One other thing that stood out to me, and it's, I guess, four verses four through six. We already talked about verse five. Really stood out to me, and I needed help from a commentator to kind of start pulling out some of these threads. But you have verse five, which is them. You have fed them with the bread of tears. Oh. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. Uh-huh. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, mm-hmm. and our enemies mock us. And this, like, who exactly is the person and yeah. what are they singing about and what are they reflecting on? And right. this is where I go to my trusty friend, Derek Kidner, who is a commentator that I read usually on the Psalms because it's like two pages of commentary for a Psalm. So oh, it's very, yeah. very easy to read. Yeah. But he was pointing out that it, there's a good chance that what we're, you're seeing here is the northern kingdom of Israel, often referred to as Ephraim, which we see in verse one or verse two, sorry, being conquered by Assyria. And so now you have the southern kingdom, Judah, with its capital in Jerusalem, despite being separate separate kingdoms, right. lamenting the destruction of their their sort of extended family. So there's the suffering, but then that it 
it, the there's an intimacy, there's a unity of Israel being envisioned here where they're, they're also taking on the suffering and there's a deep empathy, but there's also what's been done to them is being done to us. I thought, hmm, okay, there's something interesting there just in our own reflections, what it looks like in an individualistic kind of yeah. society to think about how the wounds that others are experiencing is then impacting us. And literally here geographically, you have pretty substantial, like now now your northern neighbor is Assyria, yeah. an enemy empire, yeah. versus like, oh, a kingdom that's related to you, but you're maybe not fans of. I like hearing that context. I mean, I think often with, I think that that context is used in other places in the Bible a lot, and it's mm. helpful. And then with the Psalms, I always lean toward, that's ah, imagery. It doesn't really matter what was going on. Sure, I mean, can't yeah. we all relate to drinking bowls of tears? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's what's important about the Psalm. But to have you, yeah, give that little context does does help. And and I mean, <laughs> one of the challenges of the Psalms, of course, is we don't know that for sure. Right. This is like trying to understand why right. why these particular words in this way might have been sung. But yeah, sometimes it gives you a, a possible <laughs> insight, yeah. right? Into what's I, going and on. I was, and I had just assumed, oh, they're just doing some. They're playing with subjects and objects, sure, like yeah. structure a little bit because it does say the prayers of your people, right? Well, that's them. Your people are them, yeah. But it's also us, yeah. So well, and I think that's that's one of the interesting layers: the them and us coming together in a way that the division of the kingdom, so to speak, that happens, you know, a couple generations after David, that there's still this sense of we're going to sing about them as if they are us yeah. and recognizing something bigger in what God is doing in the land. But speaking of God, look at that segue. <laughs> speaking of God in the Curious Psalms podcast, he doesn't come up very often, but... It's unusual, <laughs> but speaking of, since this is the moment we've named him, let me use this as a segue. What do we learn about God or how do we encounter God in this psalm? Well, there's these are these are some of my favorite kinds of psalms. Are the are the how long psalms? I think it's maybe something like the continuation of who's who's pursuing who in this relationship with God and His people. Like mm. we are, we're just like begging Him to sh like He's here. Let's recall all these things that He's done for us. Yeah, and now it's like. What, are we supposed to make the next like what's going on now that things are disintegrating like mm. hear us like we like if, if we're not crying out for you are we are still your people yeah i'm thinking as you're saying that about isaiah 9 which i was reading today and it's like this passage of judgment essentially mostly at the beginning of isaiah 9 is quite positive that's to us a child was born right but then isaiah 9 goes into the judgment that's coming for the people and there's this refrain, speaking of refrains throughout, that is, so there's sort of judgment pronounced on like one group. At one point, God will cut off the head of your people and the tail. And the head is the elders that are leading the people falsely. And then the tail is the false prophets. And then there's this refrain that keeps going. So there's something like, this is the Matt Tim's paraphrase, like, but the Lord's hand was still upraised in anger or will still be upraised in anger. Mm. And then there's another set of judgment. And then it's like, but the Lord's hand is still. And when mm. you talk about how long, like you think every time it's like, isn't this enough? Like how long will this continue? Yes. And then sort of as it moves into chapter 10, it starts talking about a remnant left behind and what God will do to preserve his people. Right. But it's like, there's so many beats in that story of how long yeah. are we, do we have to go through this? How long do we have to wait? And yeah, who's pursuing who is such an interesting and provocative way of putting that question there. And I, yeah, I want to think about that more. 
there's an there's sort of an infiniteness to the how the the idea of how long and i just wonder like how rhetorical it really was for those people yeah and for us like sometimes sometimes how long is just a general cry and it's sometimes how long feels like no i need to know yeah <laughs> like i need something to look forward to i need something at the end of this journey or at the end of this dark point yeah well, one of my observations about the ways that God is talked about in this psalm is we've talked about that refrain, but every time the refrain is used, that restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved, God is addressed slightly differently. So the first time in verse three, it's restore us, O God. It's generic, probably Elohim here, Hebrew word. The second time is verse seven, restore us, God Almighty. Matt, what a great call. And so you have sometimes in other translations, that would be like the God of hosts language so you have maybe a, an initial just a generic call to god the second time there's maybe a sense of his power right there's you, you verses four through six we've talked about the judgment is present throughout there right drinking their own tears eating also eating their tears now restore us the, the god who's all-powerful then it tells the story of israel and the final landing places verse 19 which is restore us lord god almighty and in our english translations lord's capitalized because that's yahweh that's the covenant name of God. So here the landing places restore us Yahweh, God Almighty, a God of hosts. And I what you were saying about the specificity of the cry, that it's not an abstract cry. Hmm. It's and we can easily think of it that way, just like, oh, how long is this gonna go? Yeah, right, right. Versus like, no, I need to know. And one of my observations was, I mean, even if you think about how we in our culture, use the term God. If I, if we go on the street and ask people if they believe in God, we could get a hundred people saying yes, and they all mean something different, mm -hmm. right? And the psalmist gets more and more specific. Like, not only am I praying to God, I'm praying to a God with a particular kind of power. Not only am I praying to that God, I'm praying to the covenant God of my people who brought us out of Egypt. And it gets, it. it's like so highly specific and concrete that then I think, the concrete nature of the request is okay like my request i need you to turn your face to us you particularly <laughs> like not just you generally but you particularly god because you have made promises to us you have delivered us in these ways and i need it to happen again so right. i love where you're pointing to the specificity i see that even in that refrain as well that's really good yeah that's really interesting i did like the this is a little bit different idea but this a little bit of bargaining with verse 18 Oh, yeah. Let yeah, your big time. hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Yeah. Yeah, I always, like, that goes back to your how long, too. It's, like, a little bit, like, it colors it, right? It's, like, without those kinds of verses, it's almost like the how long could be just, like, full of bitterness. Mm -hmm. But it's sort it's it you, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? And then that verse 18 is almost like, yeah, we know... We know this isn't without merit. Right. We know right. you're on the other side yeah. of this. And, and we know like we've done things. Yeah. We we have in fact turned away many times in the past. Yeah. But please, another chance. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, shall we turn to our last last question? The grand finale, if you will. How does this Love psalm it. help us to pray? Well, I had kind of three... I had three things I pulled in terms of... Oh, this is of, like a good preacher. This is a good preacher. Three points. Yeah. Get out your notepads here. <laughs> I'm ready. 
A couple we've touched on already. One is the use of refrain and yeah. not to be like mm. scared off by repetition and mm. the originality, like the idea that you have to say something new to God that he's never heard before. <laughs> 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 Which is something we practice at worship here yeah. at Grand Springs as well. Another is the idea, like, I'm feeling like I need to step up my imagery and maybe not just for the sake of being poetic, but for the way that that can, like, touch something deep within us as as people hmm. to not just say, like, I think we're past the point in our Psalms, like our love of the Psalms, where we understand that the idea is to be honest with God when we pray. But if we find imagery that is even that that can just add so much more add huh. some potency to how we are feeling so so creative language do you do that imagery i don't think i do oh, yeah i, I mean, mean it it does it requires a different thing it's a different kind of mode yeah but it might be something like in songwriting i think it applies but it, it's not something i would be able to do off the cuff because you really have to dig deep to find i think yeah what's what's hitting you hard it would be an interesting like exercise. Listeners at home, you can try this and report back. That's that's what I do. I just assign other people. <laughs> but it would be Smart. an it would be an interesting exercise to take like something you're praying for and you know r- writing out kind of the prayers you would typically pray it. Right. You know? Right. Let's take a simple thing like, dear God, I'm a high schooler. Dear God, help me do well on my upcoming history exam. Yeah. Right. Then it would be interesting to sort of ask yourself, okay, what what am I feeling? around this yep and then what okay so maybe it's like a two-step what am i feeling around this like am i anxious about this exam am i worried about the future yeah based on how i perform on this exam yeah am i intimidated by my teacher like what what are the feelings i have around this and then okay what are images that are evoked and suddenly you could imagine sort of using those as as kind of on on roads to like a personal psalm right unpacking what could be a simple one-line prayer that's totally true that's yeah. a great assignment. Yeah, so, I kind of want to do it myself. <laughs> well, and I, and I think what also it seems counterintuitive, but the like the use of creative language and of creative imagery actually, I think, leads you to a more honest place about how you feel and right. who you are. Right. Yeah. Okay, I, I love that. We're just building on, okay, your, on your three point. The, right. We're okay. on to the third point of the the sermon. Uh, the here. third point is I. And, and maybe this appears in Psalms more than I realize, but it struck me at, at, with this one, at least for today, which is the use of imperatives throughout uh-huh. the Psalm. Mm. So that made me feel less afraid to boss God around a little bit. Oh, Hear yeah. us, awaken your might, restore us, return to us, look down, watch over the vine. Yeah. Let your hand rest, revive us, restore us. Not a single please. No, please, no, please, in sight. I mean, if this was my kids, they'd I'd be waiting for the please. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I was thinking, you know, all of us, our prayer lives are slightly different, but I was thinking about one temptation with prayer and even with the spiritual life is to just kind of keep our head down and just kind of get along in life and not draw too much attention. Like the goal is not to draw too much divine attention to yourself. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's okay. very much sort of like, a, like this would have been in many ways, like an ancient Greek mentality. Like you don't want the God's attention. Right. Because if they, they turn their is, attention yeah, to you. Yeah, you're right. It's never good. It's never good. <laughs> it's not going to be a good thing. And I think a lot of us, like even as Christians, who would say like God loves us. Like we can live that way. Like mostly I just want to get along with my life. Mm-hmm. And like, if, I'm happy for God to be doing his thing, but like it's best for me if I just kind of can do my thing. 
And the way that this Psalm just intercepts that and says, God, I want your attention. Like turn your face. I need the fullness of right. like your glory right, right, looking right. at me. Right. Because that's that's the path to salvation, in fact. Like the very your attention on me and my life is what is needed. <laughs> so can you turn turn to me? And then I'm gonna make all these really bold, like you're saying requests of you. This is more Kidner. This was just a great quote. He says, God, it seems, prefers an excess of boldness in prayer to an excess of caution. Huh. As long as the boldness is something more than loquacity. So as long as we're not just, you know, talking for talking's sake. Yeah. We come to him as sons and daughters, not as applicants, which I think goes oh, right to what you're saying. Yeah. He, he was observing the same thing, all these imperatives of God do this. I just thought, you know, from for myself and I I was thinking of a group recently I was in where someone was like, oh, I don't pray for myself. I pray for other people. And they said this in a well-meaning way. It was sure. sort of like, this is part of my selfless act of service. Sure. But I think here's a reminder, like sometimes the right prayer is like, not look away, God, but I yeah. need you to look at me, yeah. attend to me because yeah, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. So yeah, the the imperatives run throughout, but it it's also like part, part of me is also like, if the psalmist gets what they want, what's next you know right. like when god turns his attention yeah what's right is that salvation look exactly like what they think i, I guess we know from the rest of the bible probably not yeah. exactly like they think <laughs> there's a little right bit more like, of the story right? yeah there's more of the story yeah but anyway well it sounds like i need to write a psalms commentary here if uh, derek and i are on the same yeah same yeah page. i know that was that I was kind of proud of that look at you two <laughs> look at you two going well, I think it, what it goes to what it goes to show in some ways, Aaron, is like the Psalms just they yield themselves so beautifully to reading them and paying attention. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, there are things like we were talking about earlier, the, some of the context stuff, which you and I aren't going to pick up on right. intuitively in a reading. But if we pay attention to the Psalms, there are there are ways the Psalms kind of open itself up to us just for just for the paying our attention. Yeah. So great. Well, thank you. Thank Thanks. you. My that, pleasure. That seat is on fire now. Ooh. So, oh. Got to stand up. <laughs> good good to talk Psalm 80 with you. I'll close with just the opening verses, actually, of the psalm, which begin with kind of this, this vision of God's glory. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim. Shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Friends, go out and pray the Psalms. <laughs>